This is JFM Podcast. The hardship on Nigerians already is taking another turn. From the look of things, Nigerians in Niger State, Mina to be precise, the capital of Niger State, took to the streets yesterday to, you know, vent their anger. And of course, a lot of Nigerians actually have been seeing the same thing of late. The prices of food items, especially flowers, uh, flower items, have actually skyrocketed. Uh, for example, the prices of bread are no longer the same. The prices of most of the things in the market are no longer the same, despite the fact that change, there are no changes in the prices of petrol. But the dollars, which has so much effect in the production of some of these materials, has you know risen of recent and these has actually distorted the, the pockets of many nigerians well this and many more we'll be having this little conversation before we get into some matters in the world of real estate this morning welcome to let's talk on jfm 101.9 good morning elmi good morning richard uh well indeed a very hard time it is for nigerians as they are struggling between keeping up with especially with the fact that uh Living wage, no longer minimum wage. It's I still think, the same. It hasn't changed. It hasn't increased. No, I think this is not living wage. the prices of things in the market keep skyrocketing. People can barely afford to feed, which is why um, the people in Niger State had to take to the streets to, you know, protest um, the level of hardship to the government. This is not living wage because uh, no one can live with 30,000 naira a month. I can Absolutely. tell you for free, no one can live with 30,000 naira a month. If you take your job seriously and you go to work every day, Mondays to Fridays, you take your food or your lunch in the office, definitely you know what I'm talking about. That 30,000 is something that might get finished in less than five days. Yeah. That's in less than a week. And it's so, it's, it's so disheartening to see Nigerians, you know, uh, you know, suffering from a government that have made so much promise. Though it's not one year, but what is the prospect that we will get Nigeria in a better place? Like I said this morning, uh, I, I, like I went to get bread yesterday, but unfortunately I walked the whole area. And I could get just one small bread for 500 naira. And <laughs> funny enough, it was disturbing because then I asked, I said, why are there no bread? And they said, it seems the people selling this bread are on strike. Yes. Why? They said, the cost of making this bread keeps increasing. And they don't think people can afford, afford. this uh, thing anymore. Now, it is now left for Nigerians now to know what to do. In Niger State already, I think uh, the youth or the people of Niger have already taken a two. Uh, they've actually taken, uh, you know, a step. And I think the governor of Kano said he is going to meet with the president to discuss this very issue. So that another thing is, can the prices of food be controlled throughout the country, like across the country? Is 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 there a regulatory body that is in charge of this? If there is, why are we still having um, I food items? And I don't know do. The, the 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 rise in dollar is it affecting the price of yam and gary gary this is and all of that apart from that we also have to include we also have to include the insecurity issues especially with the fact that people cannot go to their farms at this time you know it's not it's not so safe for them or rather they don't feel safe going to their farms to plant or even harvest and you know with the attacks in villages especially as we're seeing here in plateau that um farms are being raised to the ground with fire and all of that people can barely you know um feed any longer so to say someone asked a, an important question yesterday and said uh so far 
forget the fact our president Sinumbu has not reached one year in office yeah but it's almost a year the election took place when he was elected in as a president of nigeria now from the look of things uh has anything gone uh, like it mentioned one thing that has, has actually anything changed positively? positively is there anything that has been better so far in fact most of the policies nothing, that have been and, and of course, impl- implemented have further hardened the, the economy, economy. Instead. now uh the cbn governor that's uh Kadoso, uh you know making it known that uh you know selling uh, some of the forex uh, uh you know selling some of the dollars and some of the foreign uh, items in banks will, will, will reduce stress in the economy like it's close to a week that happened and nothing has changed in the economy hmm. and then on the other side must uh, must be waiting somewhere to do some magical touches to the fair prices very soon that's another thing for sure because if the dollar has actually risen to this very extent but the most important problem here is or, or, or the, the worrisome problem of the whole issue is the president is not even in the country now At as we speak moment. well this is to tell you that we are not voting in politicians to be to to make them rich rather we are voting in politicians for them to solve our problems for them to be problem solvers and not to enrich themselves and this is because we don't hold them accountable for everything they do we have the power to hold them accountable but we don't hold them accountable and because of the lack of accountability from we the citizens these leaders go ahead to do whatever they want to do they will give you fake promises at the end of the day nobody talks about the promises they make nobody talks about what the promises have cost nobody talks about anything involving these very promises they've made now talking about student loans now this has actually been promised right before uh, you know the president was voted in now he came on board he made the same statement and there was increment of school fees in almost all the parts of the country in almost all the federal institutions and some institutions in the country up till date there is no single student that will tell you that he or she is a beneficiary of the student's loan not to talk about the inflation rates uh you know like mr yusuf will always say here whenever he's here for newspaper review that he actually feels the nbs are reducing this pri- <laughs> these figures just because nigerians should not get themselves worried. worried let me ask you a very good question if you said the inflation rate as at 219 is at 15 percent or or i think i think around that very uh, around that very level then how comes are we saying okay let, let's assume gary then was sold for 150 or 100 naira you know but at this very point now that we are saying the inflation rates you know is at uh, is almost getting to 30 percent yeah now you want to tell me the price of gary is 400 naira or 500 in some places 600 mm-hmm. 150 to 600 when you check out the percentage you will know that nigerians are not getting the real figures from the nbs that's true they're only trying to mild the whole situation yes. so nigerians will not so react nigerians don't go into shock but of course they are putting the federal government in a state at which they will not be able to help themselves anymore what are lawmakers doing about this what are they doing the average man cannot go out on the street confidently to get whatever he or she wants again because he's afraid that this one thousand that he's holding whenever he spent even 10 era from it that's, it's that's the end of the money when are we going to say when are we going to stop facing issues like this yeah and also speaking about the student loan even if these students are able to access these loans what is the payback plan for them when they are done with school they go for service yes at their jobs what is the job security how do how will they pay back because at the end of the day we'll find out that the government will come back for these students who have taken these loans who have not been able to pay which is of course no fault of theirs at this point you know See, truth be told, I think for the student loans, for the student loans, 
they actually expect these students, uh, you know, to take these loans. As you're taking the loan, it's not meant for you to just go and pay school fees and take care of yourself in school. No, start up something. That's what the plan is. That's I think that it's I think it's an entrepreneurial plan for from the government to the students. Now, if the students can actually have an idea of what to do with the money, yeah. definitely I think paying back will not be a problem. Mm-hmm. I cannot take a loan of two million naira and I expect myself to go and squander that two million. No, I won't try that thing because. I know this This is not my money. I borrowed this money. I, yeah. I should have payment plans for this very money. So whatever it is that we need to do to make sure things go well. And uh, mind you, g- giving student loans, I think, is somehow risky to students. What if they yeah, di- what, what, Should it be paid directly die? to the school? What if they get expelled from the school? Hmm. What happens to the money? What if they get expelled from the school? What happens to the money? So it's risky. So there are some students. All they need now is just a million naira to set up themselves. Sure. And once they get, and once they can access, that's those such who have money, entrepreneurial skills who are, you know, you know. I might um, even say one million, five hundred thousand. Yeah. So I remember while uh, back then in school, there was someone who was actually making local bread, and she was sponsoring herself through uh, with through that business. Yeah. And she did that successfully. Now, this is so, this is somebody we know that. We didn't know if she took loan from anywhere, but of course, uh, there was no information as such till, till we actually departed our ways, you know, from the school that she took loan to actually, you know, do this very business. Now, in a case like this or a scenario like this, how do you want to imply that very, uh, you know, scenario to someone who doesn't really have plan? All they just want is to buy clothes, look good, pay school fees, and that's what we, yes, there are students who Sadly. don't have plans for, them, for, for themselves. Who, who don't really have plans for themselves? Now, getting these very loans now, might actually implicate some some people. Why not just create employment for the people who are graduates already? Because what you are telling us is, if you don't spend the money, but you come and join those people who are already who are already graduated without job. Now there are many graduates on on the streets roaming around, and of course they don't really have what to do at the same time. Though some of them are trying their best to get themselves engaged, but what is in front of them is more than what they are ending at the moment. Sure. And you can't tell them that these problems they are facing they should not tackle them. They, yeah, they will tackle them, but one after the other. And there are some that need immediate attention you don't expect someone whose mother you know is actually having should i say cancer problem or probably suffering from kidney or something like that you know and you're earning fifty thousand dollars as a salary for mm. a full month and the doctor is that's telling you and the doctor to, is telling you that to cover you understand and the doctor is telling you that for, I, is it chemotherapy they call it or something yeah, chemotherapy. yes chemotherapy you know for for, for 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 a full week probably you need to do it four times a week mm-hmm. and for the four times a week you need probably two hundred thousand for each one, the truth is the standard of living, or rather, the standard of living is no longer it's, affordable for the common man. This, see, in Nigeria. this very living is of no standard. It has no standard. The, to be sincere with you, see, people at the top might not really understand what we are saying. But if they have people who actually knock at their door every day, who call them every day yeah, for help, to, yes. then they should actually understand what we are saying. Oh, apart from that, if if they if they just have empathy for the people, you know, empathy for the common man, sympathy, just. You know, see how the common man in Nigeria is suffering, how they are struggling to survive. I mean, I don't think that the, the, the common man in Nigeria wants a lot. They want food. They want shelter. They want social amenities. And all of these things are, are mostly responsibility of the government. And because we're not holding our lawmakers accountable, they keep getting away with all of these things. And they, their pockets keep getting fatter, their bank accounts getting richer, their families are not in Nigeria, they don't understand, they don't know, it, they are not feeling it. See, we are the cause of bad governance, and we are the ones suffering from bad governance. I will tell you this for free. We are the ones suffering from bad governance, and uh, from the look of things, Nigerians, you know, according to some school of thought, if we really know what is good for ourselves. Yeah. See, 
there's something uh mr president said one time they will get uh, they will get used to it mm. and they'll move on it's true it's true no matter the height of whatever our happens shock in this country is, like our shock absorber is yes. so high that whatever it is and that's why people get easily away i mean people get away easily with whatever they do in this country and nobody talks to them nobody tells them anything your lawmakers are accountable. Your, the governor of the state is accountable. Should be held accountable. Whoever is in power is accountable yes. for anything, any naira being spent. You can't take our public funds to go and have private trip with no. it. Who are you first? Doesn't make any sense. You sense. understand? Who are you at first to take up? You know, our public funds. And another funds? thing, if the laws, if, if the judiciary also takes the laws seriously, there are some, there are some, there are some things that should be crimes and you know, should see, be. In cases, in, by in, the in, law. in cases like this, the judiciary has no much role to play. You have to take the case to the judiciary before yes. they actually have their roles to play. What about the National Assembly that must not get the case first? Because, because it's check and balance. It's check and balance. Now, has check and balance been happening in this country? No. Rather, we've seen political parties now as religions that we rather worship. That, and, and, and it's so painful. It is. We, like in this country, it's, it's very obvious we worship political parties. Mm. Some people, you are saying you're wrong in a political party, but you are putting your head in there and saying whatever this person is doing, you are painting it right because you feel you worked so hard for that person to be there. You worked so hard for that person to be there, but you are suffering. Yes. There was someone I told, I said, see, whichever way you will be in this government, I may not really suffer that much than you because most of the times my own job has nothing to do with whoever comes into power. But you, yours, has something to do with whoever comes into power. You're a civil servant. If you don't get paid, salary you know what will happen mm-hmm. at the end of the day now this actually boils down to the fact that a lot of people do this because he's my brother because we are from the same tribe because we are from this because of the same religion because at the end of the day we suffer we suffer Very bad governance uh, and that tells you that the intelligence of africans when it comes to democracy is not high yeah and speaking about um you made mention of uh we being responsible for bad governance take a look at the rerun and by elections that happened over the weekend how quite a lot of people did not turn out Regardless of what has happened, regardless of what the judiciary may say, regardless of what um, the Supreme Court rulings, the appeal court rulings, the whatever they may be blaming INEC for, regardless of all of those things, it is your constitutional right to put who you want in power so that you can hold them accountable. Right. I just hope at this point we'll be trying to, I mean, we'll do whatever is necessary to make sure things go right in this country. Because... We are tired. It's the truth. We are we tired. Are. And there is no how you would tell us that we are getting it right. And truthfully, until you're tired, you, you, won't, you won't feel the need for a change. You won't feel the need to um, probably start the a good revolution. Thing, see, the good thing is something has begun in Niger State. Very true. We hope other parts of the country it spre- will spreads take... To the, to, yes. You know, we hope this will spread around and the government will hear our voice. The last time something like this happened was during the NSAS protest. Nobody saw that coming and nobody's expecting this to come up. But of course, from the look of things, people are already getting tired. I am getting tired. You are getting tired. Nobody's taking anything for granted anymore. Well, at this point, let's uh, take a breather when we return. We'll come back with some issues with you. Remember, we do political current affairs issue here and of course, we educate you at the same time. Let's go on this breather back shortly.
And thanks for joining Still You Live on GFM 101.9, the morning JTs. And of course, it's that time where we take you round. The elections are over, talking about the rerun elections and by elections across 26 states of the Federation are over. People have been elected into office, no doubt, and of course, we expect them to be sworn in anytime soon by their various offices, be the Senate, be the House of Reps, whatever it is, or be the State Houses of Assemblies in other states, though we didn't have that on the plateau. As a plateau, uh, in the case of the plateau, the Court of Appeal instead sacked uh, you know, the me- uh, members who were not supposed to run in that very election and gave it to the runners-up of the election. Well. In the studio this morning to discuss about the inclusion of youth in governance as it stands uh, it seems youth have actually been sidelined over the years at uh, this point and democracy from 1999 till this very year over 25 years in nigeria and so far the youth have not been given that chance the most at uh, the most are uh, talking about the percentage and what we've been looking at right from years like 2013 till date uh, you know promises have been made and of course la- last administration signed what we call the not too young to rule bill while at the same time, it seems the youth are not getting it at all when it comes to governance. Joining us on this very topic this morning is another person, but our very own guest in the studio, Silas Doom. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it's good to be here again uh, after a very long time. Uh, I, I thought by now we would have uh, gone past these uh, issues or discussions on whether youth should be involved in governance or, or not but uh, here we are uh, living in a country where it's difficult to actually agree on issues and uh, we get to implement them unfortunately uh, this is where we are but it feels good to be on the show again good morning nami good morning and welcome and thank you for joining us on the show so um let's get right into the issues um, over the weekend, we saw about 46 million Nigerians supposedly were supposed to be at the polls, you know, to cast their votes again, rerun and buy elections across, across 26 states in Nigeria. And we saw across the country very, very low turnouts. Are we, are we, are we going to say that the youths who are supposedly, I, I don't want to say future, future of tomorrow, the future is here already, future of today. I would say we are ready because if little issues, I don't want, okay, let's not categorize them as little issues, but if issues like um, the appeal and Supreme Court rulings or INEC issues can make you laid back from performing your constitutional rights, your fundamental human rights, um, casting your votes, putting who you want in office, can we say that we are ready as young people? Um, as young people, uh, like he did, he did talk about, uh, the not too young to rule, uh, it's not now a bill, it's now an act, act of the parliament, yes. so it is now a law in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, sometimes like to play the blame games in this part of the world. However, uh, the youth who form a large, uh, you know, uh, chunk of the Nigerian population, the last I checked, I think that the National Bureau for Statistics have put the Nigerian youth population at about 75%. Uh, what that means is that more than half of the Nigerian population are, is, young, uh, are, are young people. And if you want to uh, reduce it uh, to maybe age demography, you would say that about 60% of those 75% young people in Nigeria, uh, I mean, are between the ages of 22, 18 and 22, and of course, like the Constitution mm. of the Fair Republic did stipulate, uh, those who are, uh, you know, 18 and above 
are the only ones who can perform their civic responsibility in this case that is at the age of voting yes now you talked about the voter apathy we did witness in the by-elections we witnessed in twin days of the federation uh, it's sad that even with the introduction of technology mm. we still had um rerun or by-elections in 26 states and don't forget uh, not all the 36 states went into the polls in the 2023 yes. general election yes. so it tells you that a lot of flaws even with the technology introduction uh, were still recorded however if you look at the turnout in the national or the general elections election last 2023 year, and what we witnessed uh, just last, last saturday uh, you would agree with me that nigerians are getting tired hmm. uh, you don't continue to do the same thing and expect a different result now if the youths must actually define their future then they also will have to come to terms with reality hmm. we have a system that is over monetized now if you talk about young people going out to perform the civic responsibilities and then being included in governance uh, whether at local state or at the federal level it then means that we must we must uh, you know get to the level of empowering young people mm. financially uh, to be able to participate in that you know governance that we all want to see these young people go into if at the end of the day we have people who uh, probably don't uh, you know have the capacity to run for offices i'm not talking about appointive offices i'm talking about elective offices where young people can go in buy forms you and i were in this country where we saw forms for just house of assembly mm. i mean running into millions millions i don't see a young person who is just graduating for instance if you're even lucky in nigeria i mean to graduate at the age of 22 which is very difficult this is because of the incessant strikes we have uh, except you, you you go to a private university yeah we we have uh, young people who even at 30 are still living with their parents they can't even fend for themselves uh, you may not have this number of people uh, go into uh, you know politics or seeking to you know occupy Contest. offices in, in, in nigeria yeah. so young people must resolve that while we see those who are there at the moment are trying to make things work we must now have what we call the citizens bill push into the state and national assembly to encourage more young people coming by you know taking that over monetization of our political process to a level where everybody can go in and then mm -hmm. when you begin to have this number of people in the system then it works for everybody i mean it's just sad that in this part of the world uh, someone who is 45 is still calling himself a youth by united nations standard yeah. it's a charter which nigeria is a signatory youths are between the ages of 16 to 25. in one community sorry to say in one community someone of uh, someone approached me and saying uh yes yeah, the youth leader of this area and in case he, in case i don't know he can give birth to me uh -huh. he's, he's actually in his 60s and i should not joke with him so <laughs> youth leaders in that very age <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 with due respect to a, a political party in nigeria some years ago 
you don't have a 65 year old as their national youth leader. Yes, yes. But we are happy that that same political party uh, decided to bring a young man uh, in his 20s uh, to be their youth leader. And that, for me, is some level of progress. Uh, you saw when uh, Shea McIndy. The, uh, His Excellency Shea McIndy, the governor of Ohio State, appointing a young person as commissioner uh, for youth and sports in his first tenure. And we've seen that on the plateau as well. Uh, yeah, Honorable Yaku Lewandi Dati is also a young person in his 20s. So we begin to have young people come into the system where you can count them. Uh, what we are seeking for is to have a lot more younger people come into the system so that they can shape the future. I mean, in 1993, I was just three years short of voting, right? So I'll say I started voting in 1999. And if at that time I was three years short of voting in 1993, and someone still sees me as one who does not know how Nigeria runs, hmm. and as such I have to get to 50 or 60 before I'm being seen as someone who can actually come into a system to make a change. Our age meets are presidents of other countries. Of course. I mean, France has a, has a, is a one of the world powers. Example. But you have young people coming up, presidents as prime ministers. Even Ukraine. Ukraine, I mean, these are people who understand the dynamics of leadership. Unfortunately for us in this part of the world, uh, that's not what we see. Uh, first, your father is telling you he hasn't even enjoyed the system. Right? So when is... Going, when is it going to be your turn? Turn to enjoy so the system. There is a gap. And that's why when we talk about youth inclusion in governance, we say, look, this gap that exists, it's going to be difficult to, you know, fill in. And with due respect to those who are before us, uh, yes, the system did work for our grandparents and to a certain extent our parents. But those after them, have not really enjoyed the system. And I want to say they've not really enjoyed the system because they have not been able to participate, to contribute their own quota to nation's building. And then we, the young people now, are coming to ask for what is due to us because we do not believe that there is another future. But for right. us, the future is now. All right, L let me come in here. You, talk, you talked about nation building and you talked about we asking. Don't you think it's high time we stop asking and do the needful? Because... When, when we're talking about building, uh, you know, good governance, if the youth are not actually involved, let's not forget the same people we have thought back then in secondary schools that we are leaders are still the same people leading. Let's not forget, uh, you know, for some people who actually uh, finished secondary school maybe in the 2000s, I know they were taught, uh, you know, that Ibrahim Abangida was the, and back then, you know, names like Tinubu appeared in, 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 in stories like that. Names like MK Abiola appeared, though he's late of blessed memory. Now, coming into Abacha's regime, you see the likes of T.Y. Danjuma, the likes of J.T. Husseini appeared in, in, in lists like that. Now, these same names who, act, who have actually, you know, the likes of Buhari in 1983, uh, you know, till I think till 1985, if I'm not mistaken until he was overthrown by the military government and a whole lot of them like that we still hear from these same people people that we think should be elder statesmen or advisors at this point are still the ones coming out to say that they want to be in power someone will tell you it was in primary school when uh Tinubu was the governor of lagos state and now maybe living with his wife now and two children Tinubu is the president of nigeria the same sort of people you know coming out you know reoccurring the table keeps turning around among them now the point here is this nigerian youth at some point are only given peanuts at the end of the day you see them taking political parties as religions how can we help how, how can we actually help out in building good governance as youth 
I think it's very important we know that very well. How can we step in and build in good governance as youth? Okay, so here, I, I, I understand where uh, the angle you're coming from. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, but you see, whether we want to agree to these norms is another thing entirely. Uh, for me, uh, the names you mentioned, uh, I, I, I mean, I had finished secondary school when Abacha was head of state. Head of state. He died while I was, I think, in year two or so. You know? And the truth is, when you want to say uh, the youth should stop asking, you're talking about outright takeover. Unfortunately, governance is not religion. Where the Bible, of course, I'm a Christian, so I'll say where the Bible say uh, that you know God suffered violence and the only violence the violence takes take it by first. We, we can't go through that route because this is governance. It's something we have to sit on the table and agree on the direction we want to go as a people. If we can now, take what young people need to do for me uh, to see the system change. You were in this country just last year. Of I course. mean, the general election thought Nigerians uh, so much uh, lessons. And I say this, that if you are a politician in Nigeria today, and the 2023 general elections did not teach you a lesson, lesson. then go and pack your bags and leave politics. Because what we saw with young people last year is what no one, and I repeat, no one, no matter how experienced you are, I mean, or you feel you are a politician in this country, the 2023 general election took everybody by storm, by mm. surprise. No one saw that coming. And this is a statement made by the young people. You saw the NSAS on this. I hate to talk about the NSAS because I still feel that Nigerian youths were wrongly, uh, you know, accused of what ideally was right, you know, in the NSAS. But however, uh, young people can come into governance through different ways I, I did talk about the elective positions that we need to demonetize uh, these processes so that young people can come on board and you know you and i seated here i'm not sure you, are, you, you can buy a form of 1.5 million to seek for an office <laughs> my family members will ask me for more money exactly <laughs> and and you know <clears throat> the moment you go into this office again even as a young person you now feel one of their own is there so there is pressure for you to go into office and steal Mm. So you can satisfy these people who, of course, the mention of your name in any public office, for them, you have become their cash cow. Now, these are some of the things that young people need to understand, that while you try to come into governance, you also have to start giving yourself the orientation that, look, governance or making it into office does not translate into stealing to fit a community. If a leader goes into an office, and you see him come back home with monies that you know stolen from public office, you should be able to create that and ask. But Nigerians don't ask. Rather, if you come out from an office, let's say you were governor for eight years, like the case is always in Nigeria, and then you come back home with, let's say, just one car, the same community where you live will insult you that, look at this foolish man, eight years as governor, only one car. But that's someone who has gone into office to serve the people and not to go and enrich himself. himself so that he becomes a lord over the people he you know, once lived with uh, as neighbors. So young people should begin to look at other means of adding value. 
we all must not go into governance. We cannot all be into public offices. However, the Nigerian youth is one that is very creative. The Nigerian youth is not lazy. We are industrious. We can contribute to nation building in our own little way through the ICT, through agriculture. There are so many things that we can do as a people to be able to develop this country. Uh, yes, going into office, the paraphernalia of the office is also there. So a lot of people want to see themselves in those high offices yeah. just to enjoy those largesse that comes with governance. But by the time we begin to take some of these excesses away, and make these offices a very unattractive, then you sure have, you know, the opportunity to, to bring in young people, you know, to, to help uh, make a governance work in Nigeria. All right. There is this belief that, uh, you know, Nigerian youths are not partisan, so they really don't know what exactly is happening, you know, when it comes to politics. All they just care about is to get just get information, and the only information they use is whatever comes, probably from the media and other things. How will you, how true will you want to hold on to that belief to say that Nigerians and Nigerian youths are not partisan enough? Uh, you know that's why they don't really understand what exactly is what exactly is happening in politics. No, I don't think that is correct. Okay. Uh, Nigerian youths are very partisan, and, and the partisanship you see with the Nigerian youth, unfortunately, uh, is one that is tailored towards their belief. Uh, you know, when they see you, for instance, and they believe in you, uh, they go into the philosophy as if they originated it now so partisanship for me you know can be said in two different ways you live here on the plateau uh, is, is it true the question you just asked me that plateau youths are not partisan the answer is no no they are already divided against uh, i mean uh, across political lines there are those who are for the apc there are those who are for labor party there are those who are for pdp and so so so, for, so on and so forth but when you look at the partisan nature of the Nigerian youth is one that comes with a lot of bile and that is where we have a problem when people when young people uh, just go into politics and see it as a way to better the life of people I think that will be better for us than going into it because I want to shame you I want to shame her. Oh, this is our party. The last time you guys were there, this is what you did. We want to do it differently. You can do it differently when we see it on the ground. Mm. You don't have to insult people. You don't have to fight. So it is not correct to say that Nigerian youth are not partisan. Nigerian youth are partisan. And I make bold to say that. All right. Uh, also joining us in the studio uh, this morning is the State Secretary, People's Redemption Party, to talk about this very issue about uh, the role of youth in elections to ensure good governance has been uh you know this has actually been clamored for years now and uh, with the look of things so far nigerian youths uh you know being involved is ascertaining in ascertaining good governance in a democratic uh you know space have we been able to achieve that we have in the uh, studio with us this morning nanven aruna mamdam who is a state secretary plateau state secretary people's redemption party that's prp uh you know is here with us good morning good morning Good morning, listeners. All right, let let me begin with you in this form right here uh, in the studio. We've already begun. We commenced the, our conversation before you walked into the studio. So far, so good. How will you rate uh, the Nigerian youth's involvement in politics? Um, oh well, um, to to understand that question, you know, you would, we would want to um, understand some underlying uh, concepts and the involvement of youth in politics. 
uh, can be viewed in two uh, ways. First, there is participation in politics, and then there is representation in politics. We must distill these two issues. And when we talk about participation in politics, I think the Nigerian youth are doing excellently well. They have the numbers to that effect, and they have shown the zeal and the commitment of wanting to um, participate in politics. In, in fact, in 2023, in the build-up to the election, if you look at the INEX statistics of uh, the highest number of uh, registered voters, either new or even existing, is still tilted towards um, um, the youth. And so youth participation in, in, in politics is, is, is good. What we are all of oftentimes um, uh, fighting to have an improvement on is youth representation in politics. And so that brings us now to political systems, political structures. How many youths do we have? For instance, in political parties. For instance, when government is constituted, how many youth do we have? And we must understand the, the definition of what a youth is. There are international charters that have defined youth. International, uh, the United Nations have their own definition of what a youth is. Um, African Union has a definition. Uh, because we're in Africa, oftentimes we tilt towards the African Union definition, which says youth are from 18 to 35. But the Nigeria Youth Policy of 2019 says youth are from 18 to 30. And so if we want to tell ourselves the truth, we will ask that how many young people within this age actually man critical decision-making uh, positions in political systems or structures. When you understand that, then you will understand that youth representation in politics is very low. However, youth participation is high, which is a paradox. You will expect that if participation is high, representation should also be high. Yeah. But it is a paradox that we're faced with. And many other factors you know, are responsible for this. Um, I mean, I, I, I will not want to go into all the details because I'm certain that uh, we may not have the time to delve into it. But this is basically my view of uh, where we are and, and what the situation is for the Nigerian youth uh, and their involvement in politics. All right. Uh, I, I, I think, uh, you know, this is one major issue uh, we actually talk, talk, talking about that. But with the rerun that took place on Saturday. Yeah. Will you want to really say the participation was high? Because what we saw in 2023 was different from what we saw on Saturday because this is a senatorial zone that actually had uh, two elections, one in the Just North Basa, and the whole entire uh, zone actually had its own election. From what we saw on Saturday, will you want to say the youth participated in high? Uh, you know, because from the definition, participation and representations seems to be different. So from your own perspective now, will you want to say there was high involvement of the youth? Yes. I will tell you that there was high involvement of the youth. Voter apathy was generally low uh, by the statistics that we have already. Um, turnout was around 22.5%, even lower than, our, I think, the 28% or thereabout for the general uh, elections. But if you want to take on a head-on-head -head basis uh, participation of individuals, you will realize that the people from the young demography actually turned out even more because there is this consciousness uh, I, when I walked in, uh, the other guest was uh, speaking about the commitment or the zeal of some young people to political ideologies. And so you see that, 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 that in, in play. And even on Saturday, we saw that in play. When I moved around, most of the people who were, who were involved or engaged were young people. And I think um, to that effect, we will say yes, during the by-election, the youth um, also turned out in their own numbers. Of course, within the bracket of the general uh, uh, voter uh, 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 numbers that we have, which was around 22.5% um, generally. All right, still talking about uh, more about this before we open the phone lines. 
Uh, okay, so um, this question is to both of you, and uh, maybe we'll just take a minute each to respond. How can political programs help bring the youth together? Because uh, um, uh, Silas Dung, you spoke about um, empowerment, education. How can this help bring the youth together? Want to have one common goal, to, ha to, to be able to work together to achieve one common goal. Okay, so uh, when you say how can political parties, I, I, if I get your question Programs, right, programs. Political programs yes. can actually get the youth involved. Uh, for me, um, the political parties have got so much to do. Uh, we have agencies of government, of course, that are actually there to sensitize the people. Mm -hmm. I keep saying that if there's any agency of government that should be empowered to do its job very well because they seem to be one of the few agencies of government that are in the entire country. The entire local government of this country have got the National Orientation Agency. There's nowhere I go to. You don't see an office in the local government that you have NOA there. And so we can have these programs of government, you know, push through this agency of government to orientate the people, to sensitize the people, especially the young people, uh, to be part of the system. So governance, like I said earlier, it's one thing. Uh, but the major uh, concern for me would be getting programs. Let's say every quarter, right, we have a program that takes a particular number of people from all the senatorial districts, say in a state, or if you want to do uh, the Nigerian way, you say, yeah. okay, today in Northeast, this is what we're going to be doing with the young people between the age of 18 to uh, 30. Uh, I, I don't want to always believe in the African... Uh, you know, you de uh, definition like my brother just de just mentioned. Nigeria is a signatory to the United Nations Charter, and as such, we should abide by the United Nations Charter's rule. Uh, so it means Nigeria, a youth, is one who is between 16 uh, to 25, right? It's only in Nigeria that only 18 and above can vote, but yeah. the 16 are also a part of that youth demography that we also also capture. So we can do it across zones in the country, create programs, use the NOA address the programs, let them be involved in it, begin to teach them that when you come on board, these are the things you need to do and not wait until you get there. Yes, I want to believe also that it's good to learn on the job, but you need to have at least an experience that you are coming in with so that when you bring in that experience, to learn becomes a lot easier for you to be a part of the system. So we can have these programs pushed through the NOA. Mm. Government can do it. Political parties can do it individuals, non-governmental organizations, they can actually come. There. We, let's stop having NGOs that only do HIV AIDS programs. Let's begin to have NGOs that talk governance because we have a few of them in this country. But everybody wants to open a portfolio NGO that has to do with international donors. Yaga Africa is one of such. We can use, you know, these kind of NGOs, you know, to propel the young people, mm. teach them what governance is all about. It's not what you get to learn in school. I've always said, it's not everything you get within the four corners of the classroom. You can get that in the formal and also in the informal sector to make the system work. All right. All right. Uh, Mr. Vanavin, can we get your response on that? Okay, sorry, if you don't mind, just take the question again. Okay. Um, I asked how political programs can help bring the youth together to achieve one common goal. Yeah. Now, um, I would agree with my brother that um, many of the institutions or stakeholders in the political space yes. uh, have roles to play. Um, but uh, earlier when he was uh, depositing his point, he also made mention of the fact that many of our young people are committed um, to maybe individuals many times across party lines, and they exhibit their zeal in, in that light. 
and uh, what that simply means is uh, our political system is one where individuals are bigger than institutions mm. and when individuals are bigger than institutions then people um, are fall in line with individual philosophy than a collective institutional philosophy yeah. and that is where we have it uh, that's where we get it wrong now uh, uh, if you if you if you if you observe our political space very well you would realize that oftentimes um, the chances of ascension of a young person politically is the, 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 the chances are very low and this is simple it is deliberate, deliberately skewed that way to keep the young people in check to keep them at a particular position um, to make them willing tools for setting um, purposes or for setting uh, uses and that is why you see uh, there's something like godfatherism deeply entrenched in our political space mm. wearing competency abilities and all the other qualities are relegated to the background and someone actually defined what godfatherism is it says godfatherism is giving people opportunities that they are not prepared for and many times it ends um, in in a casualty or a fatality what we would rather have institutionalized in our political systems and our political ideologies should be mentorship uh, my, my colleague here talked about how people should have a little bit of experience before coming to the job but you cannot get that experience unless you're given an opportunity and you cannot get those opportunities unless people who are above you are willing to mentor you in line with those things to deliberately prepare you yeah. for those tasks that they see you having a chance of possibly you know taking on in the future so for me um, uh, I think that we need to work more on our institutions and uh, um, generally how people are disposed to what political um, ideologies are. It is, it is not individualistic. Mm. If you go to other parts of the world from where we try to borrow some of our democratic practices, you would realize that politics is, is a communal thing. So people are supposed to sit and agree and, and you know decide that these are the set of values that bind us or that guide us and we agree to this set of values. So irrespective of who is coming in to join that camp, you also must subscribe to those values, to those ideals and virtues for you to be able to make any meaning out of it. And until we start doing that, before we can have a ripple on the younger ones who are looking up to the older ones, you know, um, to draw inspiration of, uh, in, in the political yeah. space. So until they see the older ones actually working in that part to say, okay, we are bound by a certain set of values and we are strengthening the institutions that govern us in this uh, electoral processes, they may continue to follow the line of pursuing individuals mm. rather than having a collective ideology because um, um, it is... It is in collectivism that it actually things work in the political space. Uh, individuals, you hardly can make any mark, but it is in collectivism. Now, if you people collectively believe in a wrong thing, you understand, we will always have things go wrong. But mm. if you're able to collectively believe in a right thing, then you will have things work right. And the only way to have that collective belief is if the foundations of your coming together in the first place is arranged in such a way that it is arranged on right doing. So um, I would not want to... Um, uh, lay uh, the burden of the responsibility of say um, agencies but i think it's a collective um, responsibility yeah. for all of us to see how we can um, begin to strengthen our, our systems and institutions in the political space to be able to ensure that ideologies are more collective than they're individualistic all right uh well opening up the phone lines now zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine or zero eight one two one eight seven 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 hello good morning mm -hmm. My sister, good morning. Good morning and welcome to the program. My sister, this is a juice for it, Joshua. Okay, please go ahead and make your contributions very uh, quickly. My sister, what I will pick is uh, on the issue of what happened in Niger State. Uh, the issue of uh, maybe the hardship or whatever that is happening in the country. 
You know these politics. Some of some of them, the politicians, they make it to be a very wider business venture. Mm. And uh, when people come out and uh, after voting for them, instead of them to do the needful by easing the suffering of the citizens, they will just go there and be, you know, living large, them and their family. And those that come out, and, okay, example, this by election or the run that happened on Saturday. I know how JFM staff and we continue calling people to come out because people said categorically they are not coming out to vote. You know that. We have to use everything on Friday and I know even Chief Obi, uh, uh, Kenny, and rise up all the staff of JFM, including we. We will use our effort calling people to come out. At the end of the day, these are some of the Labour Party, who knows him? Even the other guy. But we decided to give them this mandate so that let them go there and do the people for the market. You understand? When you do the needful, next time people will trust you. You understand? But at the end of the day, after this suffering, you vote measure of, of, of price is 2,000 naira. Supergetty, common supergetty, 800 naira, 1,000. How can a common man survive this kind of hardship? And when the people come out to protest, they will say that they will shoot people or this and that. God bless you, my sister. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you very much for uh, joining the program. Um, please, just to, uh, as a reminder to everyone listening, the comments uh, from our Facebook page and from calls that are being made into the studio are not properties of JFM. They are solely properties of the commentator or the caller. Let's be civil in making our opinions or thoughts. All right, I think uh, let, being civil will surely help us a whole lot. Uh, let's take this. Uh, let's take some comments before we ask uh, some few questions quickly. All right, uh, this comment from Jonathan Johnny. He says, "Good morning, Naomi and Richard. The role of youth in elections and their impact on ensuring good governance has gained considerable attention over the years, such as active participation in electoral process, advocacy, and mobilization through the social media platforms, grassroots activism, and participation with the community. Although there is still a very very long way to go. And Julius Achigak says, good morning, Naomi, Richard, and the guests in the studio. The youths are the backbone of democracy in Nigeria, and they play a very crucial role in this rerun elections in Plateau states and secured the victory for the people. But they have been left behind because the old have taken charge of everything without good performance. Now the youths have been enlightened, and there is some improvement, and with time, we will take power, and we will deliver well. God bless JFM and Plateau people. Right. Uh, let's get back to the phone lines. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Yeah, your name and your location. Okay, my name is Pete. I'm calling from Millionaire Scotters. All right, please. Let's make it fast. Okay. Mm. okay. Um, I really want to commend the guest in the house and um, the second guest, I think the secretary to the political party that talked about the participatory and then the representation. I think um, youth, the participatory part, we are doing good, but the representation is poor simply because we keep making money the, um, the main focus, the priority, right? I think we can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. Mm. So I think um, it's better for you to come up with a better strategy because in politics, I believe strategy is more important than money. Now, how can you come up with a better strategy? If you think money is the problem, why not empower yourself economically? 
right? Start up something, get the money so that you'll be able to afford the form to get you there for the representation. And then for secondary school, we have those SS3 who will be living out and then they are getting to voting age, right? How, how, um, how educated are they? How are we planning to educate these people so when they get into the system, they can do the right thing? You also talk, I think um, Naomi talked about um, organizations educating people on politics and the rest. She talked about Yaga, right? Yes, we have other institutions that do that. But when you check, the intentionality from youth is actually poor. So I think we should set our priorities straight and know what we want, then work towards that. Thank you so much. All right. right. Thank, Thank you, you very uh, much, so much for making your comments. All right. For the want of time, I'll not be able to take much calls again. But before we go, uh, just want to know, let me begin with you, uh, you know, uh, the State Secretary for the PRP. Quickly, uh, the, uh, the run elections are over. Uh, from what we saw on Saturday, how will you rate Nigerian democracy, I think, in just 30 seconds because of the want of time? Okay, um, thank you very much. Um, well, I'll be speaking from the position of my political party. Um, judging by um, what played out in the um, rerun elections of, of Saturday, um, I always say there is no system that is 100% um, uh, perfect, and so it's always a working progress. Where oftentimes we have issues is when failures begin to outnumber successes within the system. That is where we begin to have issues. And um, the, the events of Saturday even led to the suspension of an INEC um, electoral officer of one of the local governments where elections were held. Um, uh, because just on not to be precise. Yes, yes, on allegations of sharp practices for which he is still being investigated. And it is actions like this that oftentimes uh, brings to question you know, the true um, uh, state or the veracity of some of the outcomes of of, of, of the elections as we have seen it uh, on Saturday. So for us, um, we're not satisfied entirely with the um, with the entire result, especially that of Basa just not. Um, we're, we're questioning, we have questions, we raised questions even on the day of the declaration for which answers have not been given. But of course, there are um, electoral guidelines. Right. We, we rely on um, the provisions yeah. of the Electoral Act and we're going to pursue um, the civil and the legal means of ensuring that those anomalies are addressed um, as our own contribution to also strengthening our electoral process, improving the system, and also ensuring that subsequently it is only the true will of the people that gets reflected in the results of elections. All right. Uh, let me come to you, uh, Silas Doom. Uh, to you, quickly, the elections are done. What's your take about the Nigerian democracy improvement, or we still need more work to do? Okay, so uh, from 1999 to date, um, we call it a national democracy. Right now, we're getting into that stage where we won't be calling it, <coughs> excuse me, that name anymore. Uh, so what I think has happened to our democracy is that there's been a great improvement from where we started in 1999. Uh, a lot more can be done on it. Democracy, like I've always said, is not the best, uh, you know, system of government. Uh, however, since Nigeria have chosen to tow the path of democracy, uh, we can build upon this and uh, subsequently we begin to compete with great nations that have had this system work for them like uh, you see in the United States. Sadly for Nigeria, a, a country that was, uh, I mean, would I say liberated? I hate to use given independence, you know, by the British, but Nigeria decided to tow the path of American democracy. We're not practicing what we see from our colonial masters yes. who are now coming back to be uh, neo-colonialists. But for me, so far, so good. I think the democracy is improving and we can continue to have this systems work. He, my brother talked about the suspension of an INEC uh, uh, EO in just north uh, on, uh, during the Saturday uh, rerun. And I want to tell him, it's good to reprimand people when it is happening and not allow them to make havoc and then come back to correct them. So I think what uh, the REC did in just 
for <clears> me, should be applauded, should be taken very serious that while on the job, you can't be reprimanded while these investigations are going on. We won't want to go into it because, of course, this is going to form base for litigation uh, in the coming days. All right, 24 years of democracy. That tells you from your analysis, Nigeria is a youth when it comes to democracy. So you should know the left, you should know the left and the right side yeah. of it. Well, but the want of time, we'll not be able to go further. Of course, uh, there will surely be more time to talk about, uh, you know, these very run elections again and what we should be looking out for in for subsequent elections. But this is the size of it this morning. All right, uh, a very big thank you to Mr. Nanven and Mr. Silas for joining us on the program this morning and sharing. Um, <clears throat> to our listeners i'm sure that uh hopefully we'll begin to see more inclusion and representation just like we would have it for the youth thank you for joining us this morning on let's talk on the morning jj11.9 fm it's been quite an interesting and e educative program this morning do join us tomorrow same time same station i am naomi Karin. and i'm richard badu say bye Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.